Welcome to another episode of Beside Ourselves Podcast. I'm Danny. I'm Josh. And we are joined by our special guest from the Dead Wax Show. Is it Dead Wax Podcast or Dead Wax Show? Either way is fine. We just call it Dead Wax Show. But... And who are we speaking to? Uh, I'm Brent, a.k.a. Vinyl Stooge on the social medias. And uh, I'm just really excited to be here to chat with you guys. That means we now have everyone that's been, well, the two of the Dead Wax Show people on. <laughs> we nailed it. Nailed it. Got it. We're, we're going to be huge on Vinyl Talk now. Maybe. <laughs> I'm just going to find everyone on Vinyl Talk and get them on eventually. Starting at the top, going down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, had yeah to, I mean, if you I got to me, say... you probably start at the bottom and then are working your way up. <laughs> Um, I have to say vinyl stooge is like a pretty legit, uh, like handle, like I'm, I'm jealous. Oh, that's, that's, I mean, I have like an obscure star Wars one, but that's like, you don't have to th- like, it's, it's just, it's good. I don't know. It, it's, 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 uh, it works and it's not, um, you don't have to think about it either. You know, it rolls off the mm-hmm. tongue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks guys. Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the word stooge is funny and on it, like I, I think my name sets the precedent, like don't take me serious. I'm just here for a good time, you know? So that's, uh, that's why I went with that one. So well, today, perfect. actually, we're not serious either and we don't know shit. So <laughs> I tried to do your, I don't know what day it is. One of your vinyl Olympics. Cause he's doing the vinyl Olympics on TikTok right now where they're challenges. And it was the shake your discogs to try to get one. And my oh, vinyl yeah. collection is currently up to almost 900 and I chose to get up kids and oh. it never went there. Like I went for like the whole three minute span. I was like, you know what? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> how high? Yeah. How high did it take you? Like were you up to like what, 50 or something? I don't, I didn't count after like 10. I was just like, Oh, I failed. Oh. <laughs> but I went, I went three minutes doing it because you know, you can only make three minute TikToks to see if I could go at least that, but yeah, I didn't yeah. make it. I have no idea what you're talking about. So on this, never mind. I'll tell you later. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm a babe. I'm a baby vinyl collector. I only have like one ninth of Danny's collection. So mine's out of control. It's too much. And it doesn't help anymore when I do the discogs thing. Although Danny, yeah. I did just pick up that, uh, rush moving pictures, 40th anniversary, like huge box set that comes with all the stuff. Oh. I was like, Two hundred and ninety dollars or something. Oh, jeez, yeah. Louise, that that's an awesome album, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I I love Rush, and I they they've been doing these fortieth anniversary like box sets with like, uh, you know, all sorts of extra goodies like, uh, handwritten lyrics by Neil Pert and just all mm-hmm. sorts of different like lithographs and all sorts of different things. And I told Tabitha, my fiance, I said, I'm not. I don't want to get I like in my heart. I want to get all of these, but the only one that I'm like asking permission to get because they're so expensive is moving pictures. And then of mm-hmm. course the 40th anniversary was last year and then it never came out and it never came out because of COVID. And I think also because of Neil dying and, yeah. um, and then it finally, you know, we're a couple months in here and it, it, it dropped and a uh, friend of the show, Joe was nice enough to text me as soon as he saw it. Cause I didn't see it and I got one before it sold out. I couldn't believe it. So awesome. Yeah. Um, didn't they, I don't know when, uh, it's probably a couple of years now they did a special release for their self-titled, uh, first album that came out and yeah. it had some extra goodies in there and stuff like that. You're mentioning it's kind of like a box set. And I remember it 
this is like right when I started collecting. And so I was very much in like the dollar bin phase, like just kind of getting my feet wet. Yeah. Um, this thing was on set at the time, like on Amazon. I want to say I saw it for like 35 bucks. I could have picked it up brand new and never did because 35 bucks was way too much for me at the time. And it was the biggest mistake I think I made in my record collecting journey so far because that thing now is it's over a hundred dollars if you want to get a used one, you know? And yeah. anyway, so yeah, I love Rush too. Um, I'm not like a super, super fan, but I've got a couple of Rush albums in my collection as well. So moving pictures is one of them. So. I don't have moving pictures. I have permanent waves, 2112, and archives, but I need more. I need. But you don't have moving pictures because you gave it to me very early on in my record collecting. Because See, I don't remember like, that stuff. I know that you love this. <laughs> Here you can have it. So you know what, Danny? When I get this box set, I'm going to give it back to you. Yes! I have moving pictures oh, nice. again. There you go. <laughs> so. We're not here to talk about Rush, listeners. I'm always here to talk about Rush, Danny. You know <laughs> you what's screw like We're Rush talking soon. about the Rush. We're the Rush. We're talking about Rush today. No, I'm just the kidding. Rush of ahead, the Danny. feeling of listening to the Black Keys. There you go. <laughs> so we're doing El Camino, right? I want to make sure I did yes. the right. Album. Yes. <laughs> That's I've what you told me. I don't back there too. Oh, okay, nice. good. Nice, nice. Yep. So that's the that's the album Vinyl Stooge chose for us today. Let's get into it. Yeah. Uh, so the first thing that we do is we do a little like personal history, um, and I'll go first because my personal history is almost none. Uh, there's none. So I prior to during research for this album, I only really knew the Black Keys hits. Um, and I was saying this, I think, off air, but it's one of those bands that I, I liked the songs, but for whatever reason was too busy or didn't take the time to explore further. And I'm really kicking myself now, but I, you know, they're still together. So it's not like, uh, um, that big of, you know, it's not like I got into a band after they broken up or someone was gone. So I, I have a chance to redeem myself, I guess. But yeah, that's, that's my personal history. I don't have a huge personal history either. I like the black keys. The only album I really, really, really know is my wife's obsessed with brothers. So we've listened to brothers a lot. It's an amazing album, but the rest of them, I only know the singles mostly. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's most people when it comes to Black Keys, El Camino and Brothers are, are their biggest exposure. That's where their most like commercial successes come from. Um, I they've literally been my favorite band for probably close to ten years now. Um, so I I've got their entire discography on uh, vinyl. Um, I, I absolutely love their music. Um, one thing I can kind of see people thinking with the Black Keys. I, I've heard people say before, like a lot of their music sounds the same because <laughs> it's kind of like a, a fuzzy, bluesy rock sound um, for a lot of it, except for like Brothers and El Camino, which was really their farthest departure from what like their original sound was. It was like a little more poppy and, you know, has the hook and stuff like that in the music. Um, but I, there's not a single Black Keys album that I can't put on and enjoy every single song all the way through the album. And I'm not saying everyone has to enjoy them, but that's just the way it is for me. So I've I've loved them for a long time, but they actually didn't come onto my radar until El Camino as well. Once El Camino came out and they were getting heavy rotation, I go, who are these guys? And then, you know, by that, El Camino is, I think, their seventh album. And so there was a lot to go back and dive into, which was, was awesome. I mean, I, it sucks because you like, it's, it's fun to kind of grow with the band. Um, especially if you're an early uh, adapter and you get to go to those shows where it's like maybe you and like 50 other people and it's real intimate and stuff yeah. like that. 
Um, the only Black Keys concerts I've gotten to go to are like arena shows where it's like, you know, and it where where like the uh, what you call them, uh, the Warriors play. I've seen them in San Francisco. I've seen them in L.A. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it big old sold out arena shows. But anyways, I'm, I'm jabbering now. But I, I love this band and uh, I'm not mad if people don't like them, but I definitely think everyone should at least give them a shot. So <laughs> that's, Was it uh, the... that's my history with them. Was it the Lonely Boys music video that got you into him with that old man dancing the whole time back on MTV? <laughs> I mean, that's another part of it. They're they're kind of goofy as well, you know. And so yeah. that, that just that's a perfect point, you know. The the man just dancing throughout the entire video, the fact that the album's called El Camino, but they have a minivan on it, you know, um, just kind of just like you know, just the dumb stuff like that's kind of fun as well. But honestly, like I I am a, a huge fan of a fuzzy guitar. And Dan likes to likes to make his guitar fuzzy a lot. And if it could just be a simple beat, like a, a two piece uh, group. And I know when they play live, they'll add other elements, other instruments as well. That kind of stuff just really speaks to me. Uh, if it has like more of a, a raw sound, don't get me wrong. I still love highly produced, like really well done music that's popular and you know, and everything. But this is just kind of like my my bread and butter. This kind of music, what the Black Keys do. Which is, I think, another reason like bands like the White Stripes really speak to me too. It's just kind of really broken down, really raw, just not, you know. What about Death from Above? Easy. Death from like Above. Death I, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't name you a Death. I'm going to give you some homework then, because it's just a two-piece <laughs> band, a drummer and a bassist, and okay. they have a lot of the same sounds. They're pretty, the they're pretty raw. Sound. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. I'll have to check them out then. <laughs> It sounds familiar, but I couldn't, like I said, I couldn't name you a song. I bet you you might play like one of their biggest hits. I might recognize it, but yeah, couldn't name you one. So cool. Stat well, sheet. this, um, oh, shoot. I, your death from above thing kind of erased my brain a little bit. I was going to say like this, just to build off what you said, I feel like this is, and I, I wrote this in some of the, on my notes for a couple of the songs, but this is like a, the black keys are like a master class. I feel like in, the instrumentation doesn't have to be super crazy for something to, to be really good. Um, a lot of, a lot of like really simple stuff going on here that, but, but it's like, it's got the right groove. It's got the right feel. And we, we've talked about it before. Cause we did uh silk Sonic uh, album this year. And oh, I feel like their, their music album. is, yeah. Oh yeah. We love, we loved it. Uh, I think I had it as my number one album of the year. You did. Maybe number two. Yeah. It's um, Go ahead. I was gonna say it's, it's gonna be brought up later once we get to Q and A's. So, anyway, oh, perfect. Uh, um, <laughs> you always I, give me shit for not putting it in my top, but it came out in November. Okay, I need albums to get time to like that's go how through good my it system. Was. That's how good it was. Um, but I I also feel like their music is very much uh, just like Silk Sonic. It's a love song to a different era, and. I, we've talked about how sometimes it goes really well and sometimes it doesn't it doesn't really pan out but i feel like man these guys if if it came out that they you know went down to the crossroads and got robert johnson's guitar and made a deal with the devil and that's why they're able two white guys from akron are able to sound this awesome <laughs> uh like i would believe it because it's i just like their music the 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 old school blues and the like the original rock sound um is it's wild like i it, it blows my mind a little bit so i have one um, other comparison real quick so in my mind my wife doesn't agree with me but 
I always looked at the Black Keys as an American and professional version of the Flight of the Concords, just because of the look mostly, <laughs> but also, you know, they're both creative, but it's like the American successful version of the Flight of the Concords. I mean, they, they are uh, what they're uh, New Zealand's number four uh, <laughs> comedy duo, something like that. Anyway, I don't know. Okay, stat sheet. Uh, yeah, like Vinyl Stooge said, this is their seventh studio album, which is wild. These dudes yeah. were grinding because, uh, you know, they've put out a lot of music before this. Uh, it was released on December 6th, uh, 2011. So it just turned 10 years old a couple months ago. Debuted at number two on the Billboard 200 chart. Uh, 206,000 sales in its first week, two times platinum in the United States. And nominated for Album of the Year and won the Best Rock Album Grammy. Uh, and then uh, Dan also won Producer of the Year, non-classical, for his work on El Camino and then a few other projects, too. Um, so I have a like I have a bunch of like little anecdotal things about the album and I can I can maybe just try to put them in where they make sense later on. But um this is the longest, at least up to that that time, the longest they spent working on an album. Um, and they like so Brothers was their breakthrough album, like Brothers, you know, first single in the Hot 100, first top 10 album, first platinum album, two Grammy wins. And then they were also Warner Brothers most licensed band of the year because they're songs are great for commercials and stuff yeah they are which, which continued on this album um and so that was like their breakout but this is like their prove it album like prove that we weren't a flash in the pan mm -hmm. and they obviously did because they kind of broke all of those records with this one so um recorded in nashville at dan studio uh, easy eye sound studio um they did it pretty quickly after brothers um which is wild to think you know, you could kind of coast on an album that successful for a bit, but they had decided to get back in the studio like just over a year later. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'll uh, and Danger Mouse uh, worked with them on this album. Uh, he's got a lot of Did writing. I know that writing credit and produ producer credit on this album. He's, um, he's actually worked with them on several of their albums too, even before El Camino. So yeah, he they got, um, they got a history. Let's see here. What was the shoot an album oh attack and release was the first uh they they worked with him on attack and release from 2008 and then the single tighten up uh was also uh they worked on with him so okay uh, that's uh that's uh oh you know what and you also you brought up the van uh i think that they were trying like it was a joke um el camino means the road or the path so after uh, in Spanish, and so after they they kind of had this joke, it, it ended up like taking on a deeper meaning because of what it actually means. Um, but it's like a nod to them paying their dues. Uh, and this, it's actually the van is the same kind of van that they used to tour in. So it's kind of uh, you know just plays pays homage to that. Uh, this is their seventh album, and they've been grinding for like ten years at this point. So yeah. That's well, we'll we'll end it there for album history because if I keep going, uh, it'll just be me talking for like three hours. So, but I did find a, a, a bunch of cool stuff. Most of it, you know, you know what it is, is most of it is about most of the stuff I found is about like how they recorded it. And I'm uh, I'm about to record an album like 
in a month and it, I'm feeling really weird about it because I've never done anything like that. So I was like really interested in hearing all the weird stuff that they do. So, yeah, they get, they get pretty creative sometimes. Um, and and kind of just to echo what you said earlier, it's the longest they spent like recording an album. I still want to think it only took them like around a month, like give or take a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's 41 times, days. Like, for, yeah. So for uh, like Delta cream, like they, they say that like they'll take one or two takes of the song. And then they'll, that's it. Cause what they, what Dan likes to do is he likes to capture, like I said, kind of that raw, like live performance feel of a, of a song. Um, and that's kind of like his style. Once again, I'm not saying it's like superior or better, but that's just what they go for. And so a lot of their albums, they'll go in and just record it uh, real quick in like a week and, and be done with it. Uh, I don't know how much you know about their, their early days, but their very first album they made, they recorded in uh, Patrick's, who's the drummer, in his basement using their own equipment. They made a demo, and they, they hadn't even played a gig yet. They haven't played any shows or anything. They recorded a demo, sent it to several uh, record companies, and Alive Records signed them on the spot without ever having seen them live, just solely based off of the demo they sent them. Like They hadn't met them or anything. Um, this was like back in like 2000, 2001 or something like that. And it's just, it's kind of crazy because a lot of days, even though they did, you know, they did put a lot of grind and work into their albums and going forward touring and whatnot, but it's kind of rare that you'll see something like that happen where someone just gets a record deal off of a demo. And I know Alive is not the biggest record company in the world, but, you know, still, I think it's, it's pretty impressive. You got to start that. somewhere and that's great, crazy impressive. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, no, it's wild. I, I I listened to a podcast where they were talking about it, and it's like they they first got together because they knew each other from like growing up around the block from each other. But they first got mm -hmm. together because they like I can't remember which one of the two of them, but one of them was doing some sort of project and asked a bunch of other people to show up to help them record it. Yeah. And the only person that showed up was the other guy. So then that's where it was kind of born from. That it's just wild. Yep. So, all right, you ready to get in it? Track by track? Let's do it. Let's, mm -hmm. tr track one, Lonely Boy. Let's see if I can get, if this works. We play a clip of it, just so you know. Got to get everybody in the mood. I will admit they are all just the choruses this time. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, so right out the get go, this is a a great song, American rock that makes you just want to fucking dance. Like mm -hmm. rock music shouldn't make you want to dance the way this music makes you want to dance. Like it's grungy, it's dirty, it's almost sexy. You're on you're on the edge of sexy there. It feels like it's covered in mud and you're like, ooh, I want to roll in that mud. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, it's my a, opinion on Lonely Boy. <laughs> it's a great way to start an album. Uh, like their most successful song ever. And um, yeah, it's just really catchy. Um, it's got a really good hook. You know, the the, the guitar that Dan starts out and plays throughout the song. Um, he, he plays a really cool uh, effects pedal on it. Um, like it I, I don't even want to try to mimic the guitar sound, but he uses like a pedal when he's playing the tail end of the uh, guitar that makes it like sound and it kind of just 
slows it brings the uh the octave of the of the guitar down like a couple notes and that's what makes it feel like it's dragging when when it's yeah. playing but anyways it's just it's a really great song i i really enjoy it yeah let me i'll hit you guys with some stats <laughs> uh so yeah lead single uh two times platinum it won uh, Best Rock Performance and Best Rock Song at the Grammys that year while also receiving a nomination for Record of the Year, 64 on the Hot 100. Um, and this is, uh, so I, this is the first of many songs that I feel like is about like unrequited love. Like he's in love with some girl and she's not in love with him and maybe she's stringing him along or maybe he's just, uh, you know, He's like king of the friend zone, right? Like, not that the friend zone's really a thing, but uh, you know, he's uh, he wants he wants her, but she's not really feeling it. Yeah. Um, just to interject again, sorry. Uh, they recorded two. You're the guest. You talk as much as you want, sir. <laughs> um, I feel like I hog the mic too in my own show, so I, I I've tried to break the bad habit, but uh this was the first album they went into with only like one song idea that they already had. Usually they had like ideas and then they'd go and record them. This is the first one they went into. It's like, okay, let's see what, let's see what happens, you know? And at the time, uh, Patrick, the drummer was going through like a pretty, he's going through a kind of a nasty divorce. And I think that's what has influenced. Cause you'll see most of the songs seem to have the same theme of, a woman who's not reciprocating or has has treated them bad. So anyways, just want to put a tidbit in there. No, that's see, that's perfect. And that's exactly why I didn't go into all that stuff. Cause I was like, a lot of this stuff I wrote down is going to come up naturally in conversation. And it's going to be, be a lot better than me just rattling stuff off at the beginning. So perfect. Mm. Perfect. All right. All right. Track two dead and gone. The simplicity of the song is amazing. It also feels like they're taking us to church with the, the woes, you know. Well, you know, Danny, I would say like the na na nas and the woes, uh, they either work really well in a song or they don't, and uh, I think they're like perfect in this. Black song. Keys mm -hmm. nail woes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I don't know if it happens to you guys too, but like every single song i'm i'm tapping my foot like everyone's got like a like you said a simple rhythm that you just can't help but like nod to or tap your foot to um so anyways well most of the song the basis is just playing uh with the like with the snare like it's not you know it's uh it's so simple but it it like works perfect and it really like drives the song and this is actually the i said it earlier this is the song is a perfect example of instrumentation doesn't need to be complex for the song to be a mm -hmm. banger so this uh this song was released as a single in europe but i couldn't find any other like really? information on how it did yeah they had two songs that weren't released as singles in the states but were released uh as singles in europe so hmm. and this song um or this this album P.S. I didn't. I don't know which songs, but this song like was a. This album was a monster in Canada. It was like four times platinum in Canada for some reason. Oh, um, really? Like, yeah. Canadians love the Black Keys, so it's you heard it here first. Um, breaking. <laughs> Thanks, news. Canada. 
Yeah. You got us into bros. And then Rush. Rush. I and mean, we'll just don't. and we'll just pretend that Nickelback is from Minnesota or something. You gave us our next week's <laughs> artist, Avril Lavigne. Speaking oh, of wow. Nickelback. <laughs> I am and not. Rush. They gave us Rush. Episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's all so, I had I mean, on it. So what else you guys got? <laughs> that's all I got too. <laughs> this is this might be like one of my favorite songs in the album. I, I really I really like it. I don't know. So all right. Track three, gold on the ceiling. I don't have it ready. I'm sorry. I got too excited. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, I can edit this out. Yeah, no, we talked about Russia again, and I was like, oh, I no, got distracted. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. They wanna get my gold on the ceiling. I ain't mine. Just a matter of time before you steal it. It's alright. Ain't no problem. Is this song about being addicted to sex? <coughs> or is it about or heroin? <laughs> So the, those crunchy guitars and that solo, yeah. chef's kiss, mm -hmm. uh, beautiful chorus. It's really shining. Sweet. This might be my favorite song by the Black Keys, not just in like off the album. I love the song. <laughs> yeah. Does does this song remind anyone else of Spirit in the Sky? Yeah, a little bit. Now that you say it's like that, a, it's a does. similar sound. Yeah, on those on that. Yeah. I'll, and I, I don't mean this to say that it, this album is like derivative by any means or they're ripping anybody off, but man, you can really hear, I feel like you can really hear their influence, like the influences of very specific things on a, a couple of these songs. Um, uh, this one is the second single, two times platinum, 94 on the hot 100. Um, yeah. And I, I, same thing Danny said, I love the chuggy guitar. I, and I also really like the keyboard on here too. Adds a new, adds a different like spice to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I um, it's my second favorite on the album. It's uh, believe it or not, Lonely Boy. I like the song, but it's not it's not in my top two favorite of the uh, of the album. But this it's one is number either. two. But so. This one, ooh, I'm excited to see what number one is. Um, <clears throat> that's the problem with doing a really good album, though. Is I feel like we never have too much to say. We're just like, oh, it's so good, guys. It's so good. <laughs> The song is so good. That's all right. That's well, all right. I've I've got a lot to say about the next one. So, oh okay, perfect. perfect. Track four, Little Black Submarine. <laughs> <laughs> You guys didn't know. Is he going to do the acoustic chorus or is he going to do the chorus? In the I know, right? Song? <laughs> I've got a lot to um, say about this, too. So you go first, though. All right. Um, this is this is probably my favorite Black Keys song. It, it gets tied between this one and um, Thick Freakness off of their album, Thick Freakness. Uh, but I just love this one so much. Um, to me, it's kind of like their Stairway or their Bohemian Rhapsody as, uh, and, it, and kind of a couple ways, but um, the only other song they have that I feel is kind of like that is the weight of love off of their turn blue album. But this one, 
starts off with the the plucking acoustic um to me like the song once again a lot of their their lyrics are kind of ambiguous but you can usually get the general feel of what it's about um this feels like it's like kind of once again battling heartbreak whether i i, I don't think that it's specific form of heartbreak you know it could be love it could be loss it could be depression whatever it, it may be um that they're battling but they keep like maybe they're making progress but you know, they, they keep struggling, you know, the struggle with depression or, or heartbreak, whatever it may be. So the, the, the lyrics I think are great. Um, and when they go from the acoustic plucking part to the just straight out rock and roll section that you were showing right there. And then at the end, Dan Arbach has a, like a 20, like 15, 20 second solo on his fuzzy guitar that he just like shreds it out. And then they have a little call, uh, what's it called? Call and respond at the end between the guitar and the drums. I mean, the whole the whole thing is just a chef's kiss for me. I I absolutely, like I said, love this song. And it, it, it goes between that and Thick Freakness all the time, which one I love more. But this one just has more of the meaning, more of the heart behind it. Whereas uh, Thick Freakness, just, I just feel, has the, one of the greatest guitar licks I've ever heard. So that, that's my two cents. I love this song. <laughs> yeah, this song, this song is great. Um... I yeah, not only I, I know what you mean when you say it's like their their uh stairway, but I also just feel like this feels like a Zeppelin song too, like um in the best way. Like not only the the acoustic beginning and then the rock ending like stairway, but just like in general, it has a Zeppelin feel, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And uh Dan said that that solo uh at the end is his jock rock moment, like that's his quote. Um <laughs> and like you like you said before. Well, so this song actually had like they were trying to do it like several different ways. And then they but and they had a version of it that was like um like hard all the way through and that wasn't working. And so they created a mix where they did the two sections. And so that harder second half is that's actually the first time they play that. Like what we hear is the first take, just like you said earlier. They a lot of times do one or two takes. Um and uh but uh, what else was I going to say about this? That might be it. Yeah. Oh, so uh, one little note. This is a fourth single, uh, and this was released in the states as a single, and it's it went it went platinum, which I feel like fourth single going platinum is is kind of wild. So that's that's yeah. really cool. Um, mm -hmm. I I looked at this. I looked at the submarines as uh, like dark thoughts, and that could go with like heartbreak or grief or whichever way you want to take it. But I just, I, I thought of it like little black clouds. Like, um, so what do you think, Danny? I think this is an absolute fucking jam. Um, I love that the first two minutes are not structured the same as the last half yeah, of the song. Right. The ha last half of the song sounds almost like a white stripe song to me, but, and also I I'm annoyed that this is not a bigger single. Like, yeah, you said it went platinum. It did all that. It did great. Why is this not the song that people automatically associate with the Black Keys? Um, yeah. Well, I think I, the the thing is, is this is a great song, but this probably didn't hook in the normies like Lonely Boy did. So Lonely Boy, by the From fact the get -go. of... Yeah, it's... Um, it's catchier in a different way yeah. in a more, in a more, you know, appealing to the masses kind of way that you weren't going to, you weren't going to get past it with anything, regardless of how good the songs that come after it are. Yeah. So I actually think uh, it's, I, it, it, I, I see why lonely boy is the behemoth it is, but I actually think I like all of the other singles better. Yeah. Me than, too. Than, than that one. So 
Yep. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I, I don't have any tattoos. Um, for my entire life, I've never thought about getting a tattoo. I think just the last year, I'm starting to hit like, into the midlife crisis range of my life. And one of the tattoos I think I'd want to get is just like the silhouette of like a submarine somewhere like on my forearm in regards to, to this, this song and this band. You know, just a silhouette like a black submarine somewhere. Doesn't have Solid. to be big, just a couple inches, you know. But <laughs> it's perfect. I like it. Yeah. I don't have to be showy. <laughs> you should get it on your hands. So you can be like, you want a submarine sandwich? <laughs> Instead of a knuckle sandwich? I don't know. <laughs> it it worked visually. I don't know if it's going to work on the pod, but we'll. We'll, well, well I said the knuckle sandwich that helped that's it. True. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. Are you ready? Yep. Track five, Shake Your Money Maker. Oh, it's just called Money Maker. <laughs> <laughs> it's dirty this song i thought was about a lady of the night for the longest time until we did this and i read like comments and what the lyrics were actually was like oh it's just about a gold digger but uh, i don't love this song i think it's fine like i don't think any song on here is bad but there are a few songs i think are forgettable mm-hmm. like ones i would skip because i'm like ah, this, i'm not jamming this and this is one of them where i'm like that's eh, all right especially coming right off the back of little black submarine i hate that when you have like a solid fucking song and then you have a song that's all right not great all right because then you don't care about that song. Yeah, what can much. you follow it up with? I I really like this song. Um, I I love I I think it's it's dirty, in the same like way that we dirty and raw in the same like way that we have said about other songs already. And um, I actually I feel like I'm comparing all these songs to other songs, but the the riff on this reminds me of uh, um, "Hello, I Love You" by The Doors. Which is cool. It's like if if the if the Doors song was like dirtier and rocked harder. Like um, I don't know. I I like I th- I think I think he is making an allusion to prostitutes. By the way, when he says that, um, I I don't think he's actually talking about an actual prostitute, but I think he's like equating the person that he's talking about to a prostitute when he says like um, something about like. I want that. I want some time, but I don't have a dime or something like that. I can't remember. See, that's, I yeah, put... that's exactly why I thought it was about prostitution. But then all these people made really good claims on why it's about just like a gold digger. And I'm like, oh, OK. <laughs> um, I was going to pop in real quick, too. One thing, another aspect of their music that I love um, is is Dan Arbach's vocals. Um, they're not like crisp and clear. They've got like a little distortion on him on every track. And I think that adds like to their kind of their their grungy feel. Um, so I really like that. But I don't know about you guys. I like even when I listen to the Black Keys, uh, I have to turn the lyrics feature on to make sure I'm, <laughs> I'm catching everything that they're saying because it's it's not super clear. He's almost like Eddie Vedder in a way. You know, it's like wait, what did he, what did he say? Like I heard him say something, but I'm not exactly sure what it was. So, anyways, yeah, no, I mean. Uh, I so many times on on this show, I'm like, I have no idea what they're talking about. Uh, so that's we just did every time I die's album, and we 
really lost on all those lyrics. They didn't even try well, to make sense. But then, uh, you know, he's also, Keith is also like, oh, yeah, the songs are just about, like, whatever. It's just stream of consciousness. And I was like, oh, well, that makes, I wish I would have read that before I tried to figure out what your lyrics mean. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't think I have uh, anything else to say about Moneymaker. Track six, Run Right Back. We need to get him with a lady that appreciates him more, you know? I feel bad for the guy. It's just like toxic relationships for this guy. You know, it's it's rough. This was a single in Europe. Was it? Uh, yep. Uh, and I I love the lyric, there's no doubt she's written about. I love that. That's that's my, uh, that's how I'm starting this out. You guys take it from here. The song structure reminds me of Queens of the Stone Age like hardcore for this song. I love this song. Um, the guitar tempo after the chorus is really fucking cool. And the falsetto at the end was sweet. And I wish it would have been kind of more in the song. Like they just kind of ended the song on it, but mm. it was really good. So good. Yeah. Once again, I, I mean, it's got fuzzy guitar throughout by Dan, uh, just a catchy beat where I'm just tapping my toes too. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely a song about like a woman that, treats him bad but he can't help himself you know i'm sure i don't know if you guys have been there i'm sure we you know Never. we've all maybe had a relationship <laughs> yes a, i think so. a woman who has our heart and she maybe doesn't treat us the best but we can't help ourselves you know um definitely like a, a relatable song and like i said it's nothing that stands out per se like gold on the ceiling or lonely boy or little black submarine but still like a steady just song that i i enjoy i can put on and just fully enjoy it so yeah it's a jam that's it (laughs) (laughs) track seven sister not to be confused with anything off the album brother right (laughs) danny you gotta get your you gotta get your plurals right. It's it's brothers, brothers. No, but the song. Surprised you haven't been sister. saying the the was black key this whole time. The black keys, key. Yeah. What did they do? I was like, I didn't know where to cut it. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. You got it. You nailed it, though. (laughs) So I'll start off real quick because I've got the probably only negative, negative review of this song. I think the vocals are amazing. It's so bluesy. Like, this song's really got that blues feel to it, the way he sings it. But instrumentally, it's just kind of another, a little forgettable. It's like a middle of the ground song for me. It's not a bad one, but it's just like, "Eh, it's all right. I love the organ, though. The organ is cool, and the blues singing is—I mean, his singing on this song is phenomenal. But it, well, and I—I I, I do like that little distorted guitar solo before the second chorus too. Like that's—I I like it. 
don't know. Remind me too if I'm forgetting. Do they have like backup singers in this one too? Like uh like yeah. female oh, yeah. vocals? Like yeah, yeah, just like the soul feel to it and everything. Yeah. Yeah, like like and I'm with you, like like I'm saying like a lot. Uh it's not their most memorable song. Um I feel like this album is really top heavy. Uh yes. kind of like like Pearl Jam's ten. It's like those first what, like five or six tracks are just also incredible that everything else although it's good it's just not as memorable um i think that's that's kind of the, the the story with this album as well but i still like i said i still love sister and like i said the backup vocals the 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 crunchiness of it it still it still speaks to me very hard but i'm not i'm not mad that you give it a negative review at all i'll just never be back on the you. show that's it <laughs> by saying that one of the last three songs is one of my favorite songs on the oh, album. Oh, okay. I don't okay. completely agree with that. <laughs> All right. I I I agree that I think that the 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 second half of the album is not as strong as the first half. Uh I don't think that starts with until uh maybe the next song, though. I I still like Sister. So, yeah, so do I. See the the beautiful thing about an album like this is the filler songs, if you want to call them that, like the songs that aren't as memorable, are not bad. If I'm listening to it on Spotify, I might skip them. But if I'm listening to it on vinyl, I'm not getting up. I'm enjoying this. It's still going to be just a vibe that's happening in the room. So it's not like there are albums that I will get up and physically like, nope, I don't want to hear that song. I'm changing it. <laughs> this is this uh, album has none of those. Track eight. Hell of a season. Man, he's still waiting on this girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a hell of a season, guys. Good game. <laughs> um, so this one, the guitar and drum tone is dope. Um, the cool keys. Is that keys, I'm assuming? Or what's that like? Doom, doom, doom. Or is it like plucking of guitar strings? I don't know. I'm not exactly sure either. I couldn't like place it, but I think it sounded really cool. The chorus is a little repetitive, but still, it's a pretty good jam. Um, what sticks out to me about this song, I don't know if you could hear it, it's almost like they dubbed over a female vocal with Dan's as well to kind of give it like this this different sound, like a woman singing with them almost. I don't know if you if you either of you caught that, but I, I think that's kind of a cool little add to this to this song. But once again, um, just the beat simple, but it, it it's it catches me. It has me hooked. Uh, yeah, there. Uh, I, I, my notes are messed up. There's a. I feel like this song. Maybe it's this song, and there's definitely like two or three songs here towards the end where I feel like his singing is different, and I'm not sure if I like it. Mm. Like I or, or or I should say I'm not sure if I like it as much as like the normal like heavy distorted vocals of the you know the rest of the album. And maybe it just, gotcha. you know, it uh, it caught me weird because it's different and I wasn't expecting it. Mm -hmm. And now I'm wishing I knew what songs those were. I was like, oh, I'll remember. <laughs> <laughs> we're all guilty of that. Yep. Track nine. Stop. Stop. <laughs> 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 all right. I'm going to get out the get go here. This is my second favorite song on the album. I think the oh, sir wow. is insane. Sir. Sir. Oh, you didn't play it yet. 
No, I didn't. Man, you're so excited. <laughs> I love this song. I was Jeez, excited to talk about no it. Peace. You should have been. You, you should have been like Josh. You'd be like, stop, stop. Is what you should have <laughs> said. Crap. Uh, missed opportunities. All right. You gotta stop, stop if you hear me Stop, stop if you Yeah, you gotta stop, stop if you see me Stop, stop if you Okay, now you can that's what, go, go. That's what's got him. It's the xylophone, right? <laughs> Could you hear it? I'm going to come right out the gate here and say, <laughs> this is my second favorite song on the album. Like, uh, the drum fills in this song are amazing. The instrumental sounds like, I don't want to compare it to James Brown, but like early rock and roll. Like, it sounds phenomenal. The claps in it. Who doesn't love a good clap? Um, the guitar <laughs> on this track is some of my favorite on this album. Layered vocals, even in the chorus. Just, ooh. Ooh. Like, I don't know why this wasn't a single in Europe or something, <laughs> apparently. But, like, this song honestly doesn't fit at the end of this album because I think it's just so good. Um, I was going to say, uh, you're speaking about the drum fills and everything like that. Uh, the only reason Patrick's the drummer is because Dan was better at guitar than him. So just, <laughs> you know, take that into consideration. They both wanted to play guitar, but since Dan was, you know, better then settled on the drums so it just kind of lets you know how um how I don't know, how good they are how good musicians they are so that's crazy yeah i dig dig the song as well oh boys this is my least favorite song on the album i think oh <laughs> joshua <laughs> this doesn't give you like classic beginning of rock era music feel this whole album gives me classic beginning no, I mean, like of rock earlier era than feel. normal you're talking about like you know the doors and led zeppelin i'm talking about like way back well i'm saying these songs remind me of that but this is i mean this is very much more even more so like an earlier than that sound they just they've been able they've made it thicker you know it, it sounds like earlier rock than that but a lot of it is like even thicker than that but i don't know i you know i I listened to it. Oh, I kept listening to it over and over again. I was trying to figure out for the longest time. This is definitely one of the songs I was talking about with the vocals. I was like, is he doing falsetto on the chorus or is that him and a woman singing or is it just a woman singing? Like, and I couldn't, and it, it, I just, I didn't like the sound of it that much. Um, Sounds like it was distracting. Josh, I think, just, I think yeah. you need to stop, stop and appreciate what's happening in the song. <laughs> Yeah, um, I did. I did like the lyrics, though. Uh, you tear me all apart. The next so warm, like being cooled by the rain in the eye of the storm. Like I thought I was like, that's that's pretty dope. Uh, the lyrics, um, you know, it's also we, cool to how like drop like the music drops out kind of when he says yeah. that part as well. So that yeah, yeah, the whole thing of it's cool. And let's let's remember that uh, I've agreed when we've said that there isn't a bad song on this album. I'm just saying least favorite <laughs> song on this album i just like complaining when you complain it's all good no i know this is part of our dynamic it's fine it, but seriously it, like this is my second favorite song on the album it's so that's good awesome. no i was so excited when you loved it because i was like oh i'm gonna bring the hammer here we go <laughs> and it's one of the last three which as we talked about the last half of the album is a little less exciting than the first half, but like this one stands out so much, maybe because it's stuck in between 
some okay ones. (laughs) (laughs) Any other thoughts? Nope. Nope. Trek 10, Nova, baby. So this one has the same kind of effect on the chorus and I don't, I like, I think I just like the melody of this chorus better. So it doesn't bother me as much on this song as it did on stop, stop. Okay. My exact notes are this chorus sucks. I love the verses. I was actually going to say that (laughs) you should have played the verses. I like the verses better than the chorus on this one too. The chorus reminds me of a time I worked at urban outfitters and all the indie hipster kids were like super into like, not just Ratatat, but other like obscure indie bands. And I was like, oh, I don't love this. It's fine. That's that's what the chorus sounds like to me. Well, you know, look at us contradicting each other. There's no accounting for taste, Danny. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you must like everything I like. I'm gatekeeping black keys. Damn it. <laughs> um. I like the dis- I like the distorted guitar sounds in the beginning that I think they also use again on the chorus. Um, I don't know. It is crazy though that like the lyrics and the structure of the verses is so cool and dynamic, and then your chorus is just that. <laughs> Maybe they're uh, I don't run out of ideas towards the end. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I, I got nothing else. I don't know. All right. I'm going to say this quickly and shut up my mic because my neighbor's dogs are going crazy. Track 11, Mind Eraser. This song has like a more psychedelic feel and the riff sounds really familiar to me and I can't place what I think it sounds like. You ready? Go ahead. So I think this song sounds exactly like when you slow down a record, it sounds like gold on the ceiling, just slowed down. Like it almost sounds like the tempo, the way he sings sounds like gold on the ceiling. It's just like slow down. Listen to it again sometime and be like, like you could sing gold on the ceiling to what they're playing if you just go really slow. <laughs> and that's probably why you think it sounds familiar. I feel like it's the same. <laughs> no, I, like I said at the beginning, too, I feel like um, when some when people tell me they feel like a lot of Black Keys songs kind of run together, I can kind of see it because I feel while they do while they are distinct and unique to me because I've listened to it so much, um, they they do have kind of a. a I don't want to I don't know if distinct's the right word, but they, they have kind of the same sound throughout a lot of a lot of their albums. So if uh, so that's like like some of them, like especially like the eleventh track on this album isn't like something that's gonna necessarily grab your attention. But once again, if you like their style and the way that they play, it's it's just another track that you're gonna enjoy. So 
I think their um, their influences and then like what they liked to do. I think they have a pretty like clear vision of what they're going for, and that's why mm-hmm. a lot of it sounds similar. And I, I, when I was doing prep for this, I was listening to a podcast um, that they were on, and I can't remember which one of them it was, but he was just talking about how he like, hates popular music. And I was like, well, that makes sense because your music is like very firmly rooted in like another time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and like they were, he was like, not just, he wasn't just talking about like, you know, SoundCloud rappers and like, like he, he was like, oh, I remember going to see Whitney Houston with my mom. Ugh. And I was like, oh, dude, come on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably Patrick, I would bet. He's, he yeah. seems to be the more uh, sinister and vocal uh, with his opinions of the two. And Dan, Dan's a producer, you know, he's got his own record label. And I know for a fact he gets, you know, singers who are more soulful R&B and can, and can belt out vocals. So, yeah, I definitely think that's probably Patrick saying that. Yeah. And, and I wasn't, ju- I was just like, oh, yeah. I mean, you have a very specific you know that's Opinion. you have a yeah <laughs> i was like okay well i i i have much i have more pop sensibility than you i guess i just you know i like fun stupid music so uh but yeah now that um, it's done i can say i didn't really think any song and mind you i didn't know any of the other songs besides the singles from this album but i didn't think any song really sounded the same except for maybe track 11 like all of them had their own distinct sounds and i found some mm-hmm. new ones i really like so I think there's about every genre. Like, look at early pop punk. All of it's the same four chords in just different ways. I think you have a lot of similar like chord progressions here, and like uh, the like. There's a lot of songs where the rhythm section is kind of doing the same thing that they were doing in another song, or something very similar. Um, but I don't know. Um, there's definitely other bands that I think are more guilty of all their songs sound the same in a worse way than black keys. Like, and yeah. maybe I'm biased. Cause I like their, their, all their song, the, the way that they're all their songs sounding the same sounds like hits me in a good way. So I don't mind that they sound similar, but mm-hmm. um, didn't really, I, I kind of like, I think on first listen, I was like, okay, a lot of this is really similar, but I didn't um, like, as I, as I was listening to it more, I, I did, I didn't uh, feel that way as much. So it grew on me. That's good. Yeah. Overall opinion, Josh, do you have a rating for the album? Um, well, let's, I'm going to uh, warn Brent that I'm very uh, picky. Uh, I, I, I'm very, oh, my ratings, bad, huh? my rating. No, no, no. But my ratings mean nothing because uh, I don't ever want to rate anything too high or too low. So everything ends up being like a seven, even if it's like a really good album. And so I think I'm just going to say that this one is a seven because it, it didn't let, it's not like, uh, uh, a, you know, it's hard for a album to like really blow me away at this cynical old age, looking down the barrel at 40 and, um, being stuck in my nostalgic ways of listening to this, most of the same shit for the last, uh, however long, but, the, uh, it's no it's a really solid album and i'm very i'm uh out of the albums that we've done on this show that i didn't really know any of it before uh this might be like the best one or one of the best ones so do you think you'd buy it on vinyl yeah no oh, yeah why let me tell you my complaints about the black keys is how expensive all their vinyl is even just oh, the basic well, pressing yeah i don't really? know about that then i mean 
like a lot of records you can get between 25 and 30. I feel like most Black Keys albums are between 35 and 40. And I know that's only like a little difference, but man. Oh, man. No, I'll, I, I got to show you some different spots then. Um, I swear, like Thick Freakness, especially like some of the earlier stuff, you could find like around 20 bucks. El Camino, I think because they just had these 10th anniversary releases yep. with all the extras. Yeah, that's those are like going for like 50 bucks. That is ridiculous, you know. Um, unless you're a huge Black Keys fan. Well, I just uh, wanted to pick up Brothers because we love that album, but that one was also very expensive at the time. Yeah, they, just, they just did a release on that one too, like late, like what was it, a year and a half ago-ish now? They <laughs> uh, they did one for that and they released new tracks. and it, I don't want to say new tracks, but previously on the release stuff. Um, so yeah, some of the more recent releases, I guess I could see your point. Um, but if you get like like a repress that they did, I don't know, five years ago or so on those albums, they shouldn't they shouldn't be too bad. But um, no, I I would I would highly highly recommend getting them. Yeah, these are kind of expensive for me. <laughs> An expensive hobby. Um, yeah, no, yes, it, it is. <laughs> I um, I would say I don't know. I when I do my ratings, I I I mean it's kind of immature. I do my ratings out of tacos. So like one to five tacos is mine because I love tacos. Love it. Love it. And so uh, with this one, of course, I give it I give it a five. I mean, it's it's no secret. It's um, Bell Grande. Yep. Uh, it's <laughs> it's one of the albums. Like I said, it's it's got what I would consider their their like I said, their their stairway. It's got a ballad, uh, as, as I would call it, plus all the other hits on it. Um, I I fully enjoy this album we actually i took my my family to the zoo today and, and we listened to it again on the way home and that's another reason why i love the black keys is um i've got a family, family and my kids are around all the time so i can't put on like you know like let's say some of the other music that i love all the time like like even the beastie boys or logic or um i don't know tool for instance you know i can't listen to that stuff in front of my kids right now so um that the 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 Black Keys are a very safe bet, and they they uh, they always bring it. So I think that's why they've stuck around with me for so long. Solid. Oh, I didn't rate it. I would say nine. <laughs> I mean, I would give it a ten because I enjoy the whole thing, but there's like two songs that I would skip or aren't my favorites. So it's not a perfect album. So that's a nine. And <laughs> <laughs> so <still> good. <laughs> All right. I'm ready to do. I'm excited to hear this. Uh, you ready for the g -g 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 guest mix? Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> Love it. Why get a soundboard when we have Danny? <laughs> I am a oh, that was soundboard. soundboard. No, that was all me. <laughs> all natural, baby. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. You're talking to me. What? Is... Yeah, I am. <laughs> all right. Uh, what is your favorite love song? So my favorite love song uh, is a song by Ben Harper. I don't know how familiar you guys are with Ben Harper. Vaguely, um, but I've never heard him mentioned on this. So cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm, I like. I'm not ashamed to admit this, even though I might get judged a little bit. I like kind of bands that are like whiny white boy bands, even though Ben Harper is a black guy. But like Coldplay and stuff like that. I love music that will make me get the feels inside. Uh, anyways, Ben Harper was huge in my early adulthood when, you know, you're, you're dating those girls who maybe aren't treating you right. 
um this is the, the the he has the music that just you know it's good to sit down and maybe have a cry too but anyways he's got this song called beloved one uh it's it's not a traditional ben harper song um but it's got and he's got an incredible voice and i could not do the song just if i tried but it's just it's a really soft um just beautiful song and he's singing about uh the woman that he loves, his beloved one. Anyways, if you guys haven't heard it and you want to cry, maybe go for it. Oh, we'll be checking it out. I'm interested. I think I only know "Steal My Kisses," but I that's yeah. that's a great song. So I will uh, I'll look into some more Ben Harper, for sure. What's your go-to angry song? Go-to angry. So uh, there's a couple that I can throw on, but the one I'm going to shout out uh, is "Anima" by Tool. Uh, so I don't know if you guys are familiar with the song, but like it's the the whole second half of the song is him just saying F this, F that, like F all you junkies and F your short memories. Uh, it talks about how he everyone needs to learn to swim and how, how, you know, how he hopes, you know, the whole Western seaboard drops off into the ocean. It's a very angry song. I'm, do you guys know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, I've heard it. Yeah. I'm not so sure. whenever I'm, upset and i want to kind of channel or fuel that that anger that is the song that i'll put on it's uh definitely got a lot of like i said anger and aggression to it so it was really good a couple weeks ago i was feeling tool for some reason and i put that album on at work Mm -hmm. and i was just working i totally forgot about that song and i had to like i was across the store i had to sprint because it keeps going off. I'm like, oh, there's customers in here. Yeah, like, like no joke. He's literally, it's almost like that Rage Against the Machine song. Um, shoot, why, how am I forgetting this? I'm wearing their shirt too. Um, I, F you, I won't do what you tell me. Uh, what's, it's their most popular what song. It's called? Killing in the name, killing in the name. Oh, yeah. So at oh, the yeah, whole last, last minute, he's all, you know, F you, I won't tell you, tell me. It's, it's, it's that kind of like, it's constantly yeah. saying the F word, but he's naming <laughs> off different things that he hates. And anyways, so that's, that's, that's the one I'd go for. But so I can see why you sprinted across the store. <laughs> like I was close to the register for, I think there's a few other songs that I had to switch real quick, but that yeah, one I was that. way across the store. I was like, Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is the song that has influenced you the most? So this was like this was a hard one for me to choose. Uh, first two were fairly simple because influenced. I don't know. It's kind of a general or, or, or vague. Um, you can kind of pick that how you know you can kind of decide what yeah. what influence means. I mean, we we sometimes have like uh, you know musicians on so that it takes a different flavor when they answer uh, than people who aren't. You know, so but it's open to your interpretation. Gotcha. Um, so I kind of went with like how it like literally has influenced me and 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 who I don't say who I am, but kind of how I, I approach things or or philosophize about different things. Um, and I'm gonna go with uh, "Thumbing My Way" by Pearl Jam. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that track. It's off uh, Vitology, and there's a there's a line in it that I I love and that I always remember whenever I'm having a hard time. Uh, there's a line that says, uh, no matter how cold the winter, there's a springtime ahead. And it's just a really like, once again, it's like a really like it's an acoustic song and it's really touching. You know, Eddie Vedder can do wonders where his voice where he can sound really angry like in Jeremy, but he also make his voice very like gentle and soft and vulnerable. I don't know, whatever word you want to choose. 
and there's there's a lot of stuff in that song that's great but that's just the one the quote that's always stuck with me for like i want to say probably going on like 20 years now in my life whenever i'm like i have a hard time i just always remember okay it's not gonna be forever it's just it sucks right now and we're gonna get through it and, and things will be better so that's that's influenced me a lot it's a good solid pick. choice my uh my fiance for speaking of vitology uh for mo so she's pretty young when that album came out and um she for way too embarrassingly long thought the song was butterman not better man <laughs> <laughs> and i, I think, bring it up as much as i can yeah do you sing butterman Butter man to her yes hmm? you should <laughs> someday you should like get a butter costume and just come into the house singing that song and surprise her i don't know it'd be fun it's it's not the worst idea I've ever heard, honestly. <laughs> All right, ready for the tricky one for some people? Yeah. What's your all-time favorite song? No, you're song? skipping one. You're no, skipping one. Oh no, what's your current favorite song? My Jeez. bad. Jeez. Well, you actually, like I this was, is your first episode. I got my cheat sheet here, and um that's actually blank still. Um I <laughs> would say that so that was the hardest one for me. That's the only one I didn't actually type something down. Um right now, honestly, anything by um I know we pronounce it bros, but bros, like off volume two, especially like Garbanzo Man. I'd say that's probably my favorite song right now. Um, I don't know, Josh, if, if you've heard of the word, the, the band bros, they're from Canada. Um, we have a funny story for you. Okay, You're the um, reason Michigan knows the band. Oh, really? Awesome. <laughs> that's right. But finish um, your statement and then we'll get into it. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I found those guys about a year ago, a little over a year ago now, and... Like that album, once again, it's another one where it's definitely safe to play in front of the kids. Um, everything's just catchy. And uh, it was actually one I considered going with, but I'm, I definitely am more indoctrinated with the Black Keys and thought I'd share the love of the Black Keys with your listeners uh, over bra, uh, bra. So, but yeah, I just, uh, especially Garbanzo, man, it's just like a, a light, airy, just fun, but also kind of, I don't know if it's funky, but just kind of. It's got a, a good rhythm to it that just it's it, it lifts me up. So, anyways, what's the story? I'm excited to hear it. Okay, so, um, one of my one of my friends. Uh, wait, Doug, wait, let me start it. Well, no, it's. I think the reveal <laughs> is better if you start from my perspective. All right. So, all right, yeah, go ahead. Don't you think? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, my friend Doug, he's been on the show a couple times. He's also he's one of those guys that's like in four bands all at the same time. Oh, wow. And um, I'm in a band with him and we were doing an interview for the show and uh, he he brought we we were doing like weekly rewind or something. And he's like uh, Austin, who he's also in a band with, uh, said, hey, check out this album. Uh, and so here here it is, bros, bras, and um, let's listen to it or whatever. And then so what uh, Danny, what happened after that? I. I so you, you told I, me. Oh, and then you, you showed told me it. I should check it out. <laughs> okay. You, so Josh told me I should check it out. And I'm like, I I've known about this band. I'm the one that introduced it. So the Austin guy works at a record shop called Village Vinyl. I learned about it from you. I got excited off your TikTok. And I got excited mm -hmm. and showed my wife, who according to Spotify was 0.05% of their like that was she was one of the 0.05 listeners of that band this last year because of you because you introduced me to it <laughs> so i went and ordered it from the record shop because they didn't have it and then when uh -huh. they got it in or 
I he wanted to hear it because we were just, you know, shooting the shit in the record shop and he put it on Spotify and he loved it. So he ordered extra copies for himself and the store. Oh, wow. And, and then, then he told Doug. <laughs> yeah. Who told Danny, you know, and there's the certain like uh, and Danny's like, yeah, I yeah, the guy from my record store. And then there's this like moment where he's like, oh, my God, that's the same person. <laughs> like, yeah, it's really funny. So because of your TikTok, at least yeah. I would say it's all your fault in Michigan. That, love that band. Do you like them too, Josh? Or I don't know if I'd say I love them because I haven't listened to them a ton, but I did like I did like them when we listened okay. to them. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, um, Fantastic. That's awesome to hear. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely love them. And yeah. They're, they're, they're a great band. Once again, it's only a duo. Like yep. I tend, like I said, I, I gravitate towards these, these, you know, bands with two or three people in it. So anyway, big fan of TLC. <laughs> Hell yeah. Don't go chasing waterfalls. <laughs> We're going to do that album pretty soon. Aren't we Danny? I think, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Oh, that'll be a All fun right. one. This is uh well, also because T-Boz was my first celebrity crush when I was a kid. Uh, but anyway, oh, nice. um, <laughs> what so this is this is tyra kind banks. of on here as a troll who tyra banks uh respectable <laughs> choice pre so. pre uh pre talk show tyra banks all right i, I made an <laughs> assumption and that was the assumption i made <laughs> um okay so this one's kind of on here as a troll but what is your all-time favorite song if you had to pick one we know how hard once it again is, but... yeah it, it's a hard it's a hard one um so what I kind of did is I defaulted to um, my, I, I use Apple. I don't use Spotify. Sorry. You um, canceled it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, right. This is going to scrap the whole show. They're, they're um, all terrible. I went to my top, my top 25 most played songs. And this is the one that's at the top of the list. So I figured, you know, what the hell, this is what I'll go with. Cause I actually do love this song too. Uh, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with this group or not. Um, I'm going with uh, Twin Size Mattress by The Front Bottoms. Oh, I love um, The Front Bottoms. Yeah. So this is like their most popular song. This is their Lonely Boy, I guess you would say. It's it's the one that who know The Front Bottoms have, you know, you've heard this song. This is the one they'll play to basically close out their shows as well. Um, it's it's just like, I, I, have you guys heard the song? Are you familiar at all yeah. with it? Yeah, yeah. So I, I love the guitar playing in it. I, I love the end of the song where, you know, I, I, have you guys ever, either of you been to a front bottom show? No. Yes. You have? How, have how, yeah. Like how long ago was it? Like five years ago? Uh, it, 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 so it would definitely be within the last five years. Yeah. Okay. Um, I haven't been to one of their shows probably within the last five years. It's been a while, but when I like, would go to their shows because I've seen them, I want to say four times live. They, it was, they're not a huge band. So once again, it's usually a little more intimate. Like there was a couple hundred people there, but just the energy that, that would, the crowd would have, because they have really like loyal, hardcore fans. So every song that they're playing, generally when I went, the whole crowd was singing with them because they, they knew the song and they're and they were singing back. Um, I don't think they were a band that you just kind of go, oh, the front bottoms, let's go check this out. I think you had to know who they were to go. Anyways, uh, when they played this song to close out their concert, it's honestly um, akin to like uh, a spiritual experience. I don't know if that, if that makes sense. Like it's 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 really moving and and the just like I said, the closing of the song is really emotional and powerful, but also has this energy to it. 
uh, I just, I love it. And it gives me goosebumps every time I listen to it, especially at the end. And it's about, uh, it's hard to like, covers kind of a, a, a couple of different topics, but you know, in the end, it's a twin size mattress. It's just kind of about people who are, you know, hoping this guy doesn't succeed almost, but also he talks about friendships that he's had and just kind of how love, tough life can be as well. So um, anyways, I, I don't, I don't think I'm doing it justice by continuing to ramble on about it. I'd say, you know, go listen to it if you haven't recently. We're going to eventually do a front bottoms album on this podcast because they're great. You got to do town of the Hawk. That's, that's the one that's, that's their El Camino. <laughs> so um, I, w- I think, so I saw them, I might have saw them more than once, but I know I for sure I saw them on the go the the tour that was uh, in support of Going Gray. I'll never forget it because their backdrop was the album cover, and there's two naked people on it. And I remember yeah. Tabitha was like, "God damn it! Now I can't post any pictures of this." <laughs> <laughs> I went, I maybe saw that's that why too. I went to that tour as well, and I saw them in Vegas. Um, but yeah, same thing. Big old like. It's almost like a, a flag, like, you know, and it's got yeah. these two, yeah, two naked people on it. So, anyways. What's your go-to karaoke song? This is easy one. I Wish by Skilo. Ooh. Um, do you, you guys wish familiar with that? Taller? Maybe a baller? I do. I wish it was a baller more than anything. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, I That was, that was my, favorite, my first favorite hip-hop song that I ever loved. Uh, like I had the cassette single and everything. That's how much I love oh, yeah. the song. Uh, parents wouldn't let me buy, even though Skilo is a clean rapper. You know, he doesn't use foul language and everything. I don't even know if his if the album was explicit uh, had a parental advisory. But I grew up in a conservative household, and it's rap. And my parents just kind of generalized all of rap is oh that's bad. So, but I did I you know I did I was able, they did allow me to get the single on a cassette and that thing I, I wore it down to the ground. I love that song, and to this day, if it comes on, I kid you not, I can I'll belt out the whole thing uh, word for word, and uh, it's just such a fun song. So that's a solid that's a solid choice, and you know that's I feel like that's the kind of choice that that you know you might not have the whole crowd with it. But man, the 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 people that know are going to be like super stoked that you that that's your yeah. pick. <laughs> so, I um, think by the end the crowd would be with it too because it's it's a catchy beat too. Like yeah, I, I no no, I, and it's anyways. it's easy to perform. You don't have to and you don't have to actually sing, right? So rap mm-hmm. songs are good for that. Yeah. Um. Okay. What song makes you want to get up and dance? Um. I will say the whole album, but if I have to choose specifically a song, uh, I think it's Smoking Out the Window. Um, so Silk Sonic, that whole Danny album. Danny hates that song. It's just, you know, I don't got rhythm or anything like that, but this this is what happens when the songs, no matter what song it is, just like you just put your, your arms up and you're just swaying back and forth. And you know, that's, um, that, that, that would be my pick. It's, it's, it's a freaking, it's a banger. I love it. Can I ask Josh a real quick question here? Yeah. Is there a new single or new song that they just released on your weekly rewind? Um, I don't really have anything. Uh, I'm a weekly rewind. So you let it rip. Oh, I just was disappointed in it. So I wanted to talk about it. (laughs) I honestly was so busy. I only listened to it like twice and I, I couldn't even tell you, I know what it's called and that's about it. So obviously it wasn't as impactful because all the other songs I'm like, so good i mean it's a beautiful <laughs> song but if you name a song soul trains 
it needs to be a Soul Train like song. That's all I'm gonna say. I was well, expecting I, I mean, real groovy. El Camino and, and a minivan. You know. <laughs> have you guys right, seen the uh, Have you guys seen the music videos for those singles yet? Too like Smoking Out the Window and Yes. They're fantastic. Like they're so yeah. good. <laughs> my so my favorite thing is in the smoking out the window video when he says not to be dramatic but i want to die and then he falls down yeah and then they pan away they pan away they go away for a second and then they come back and you see bruno singing and uh anderson still, still laying down. on the ground yeah. i was like ah like and all of a sudden <laughs> so he pops good. back up oh i love it it's so funny yeah um like I, I kid you not like i've i think we all mature as we get older um i would say like even 10 years ago music like like this pop music that's kind of got this r&b influence to it i don't think i would have given a chance and i probably would have been against um over the last 10 years i've really come like i've really blossomed i guess i should say and and branched out to other genres and i'm so glad i did because i think this is like it's so because even though the album is so good it still has like a tongue-in-cheek element about it um, oh, yeah, 100%. and you can, like you said in the video when he falls down, like even though they're dressed to the nines and they look great and they're like throwback seventies, you know, suits or whatever it is they're wearing, it's it's tongue in cheek, but it's still so good. It's I I don't it's it's a rare that people can pull off I don't know both to where it it, it hits both camps like that. So, um, yeah, it's it's a great album. I really enjoy it. The only so, thing that's wrong with it is that it's too short. Yeah, the album is too short. Yeah, yeah. it's only so like you, thirty minutes long or something. Yeah, like so nine you've tracks. evolved, and you listen to music that's outside your comfort zone. Are you ready to give T Swift a try yet? <laughs> I this is a thing honest, for their podcast that they always talk about how they don't listen to T Swift. <laughs> yeah, we do. It's a, it's a reoccurring joke. Um, it's kind of a, it's. Uh, I can let you guys know because waffles won't know. Um, today on the show, because I'm we're recording right after you guys. I'm done with you guys. Um, we're talking about Record Store Day, and because she's the ambassador. Yep. Uh, this week's trivia is going to be on T Swift. I guarantee you that Chris is going to get so many more right about Taylor Swift, who he claims to hate, than he does on the, any of the other groups that we do on. Um, so it's going to be fun. Uh, I I don't hate Taylor Swift. I actually like Shake It Off a lot. I'll put that on and and jam to it. But I. Like I would never buy an album. It's just kind of not. It's it's not for me. I don't know if that makes sense. Like it's just it doesn't speak to me or grab me. But clearly they're six. You know she's wildly successful. Like one like the top selling female artist in the last ten years and stuff like that. So, anyways, uh, I just think not for, for me, me. For me, one of the things with her, and it's not even necessarily her fault, but I always get turned off when the fan base is like fanatical in a way they that are. they're in that they're infamous it's like the say like i uh and this is probably gonna get me killed like three different ways but like the swifties are <laughs> a little bit crazy like the bay hive is a little bit crazy like and i'm just and the same thing i'm like Re- beyonce is good but i'd rather listen to rihanna like if we're gonna pick somebody or lady gaga or like you know mm-hmm. it's just uh and I don't know. It's I'm I'm not a T Swift purist here. I got into folklore and Evermore because they're sad emo pop music. Yeah, and it came out during the pandemic when I was sad emo more than ever. Mm-hmm. So it spoke to me more. I like her older singles are fine. I don't own anything old, and I'm not going to go buy it. So I'm not like pushing you that you have to listen to Taylor Swift. It's just really funny that your guys' hate rolls over yeah. so often. 
It's like one of the common tropes about our show, yeah. yeah. She obviously makes good music or she wouldn't be as successful. It's just, yeah. it's good, but it's not for me kind of thing, I think. It's the kind of same thing yeah. you said, so. And you're okay. seeing Lady Gaga. Um, sorry to cut you off. You're seeing Lady Gaga like 10 years ago. I hated Lady Gaga with a passion. I found her like annoying and pompous and pretentious and all that stuff. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, this woman can sing like really yeah. well. She's not, you know, and it's like when I look back on it on, a, on an older lens, I'm like, oh, she's just kind of doing her thing. You know, what does it matter? You know, and it's because I thought her like I used to think like, oh, pop music's inferior because, uh, you know, bands, they play their instruments, they write their own songs and which isn't always true. Um, but it's uh, now I'm like, you know, it's just it's 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 different and it can still be good, even though it's, it's different than what you think is superior. And I, and I think I've dropped that ideology that, Oh, because it's, you know, a drum bass and guitar, it's just, it's a better form of talent than something that's made, you know, using electronics uh, like a computer or uh, whatever kind of keyboards or whatever they use. It's different and it's just as good. And I, I'm glad, like I said, I came over stuff like that because there's a lot of great music out there. That's not a guitar and drums and, a base yeah. only. So, anyways. All right, Josh, you ask the next one because you handle it well. Yeah. Okay. So, this next one is What is the most unexpected song on your playlist? And it's kind of funny that this is coming up after the conversation that we're just having. But, um, so this this is a this is kind of a stand-in for like what's your guilty pleasure but the reason we don't answer or we don't ask the question that way is because here beside ourselves we believe that you can listen to whatever the fuck you want to listen to and guilty pleasures don't actually exist there you go i 100 support it and like i said maybe 10 years ago i wouldn't have but now I'm, I'm on that whatever makes you happy just listen to it and who cares what other people say about it um so mine i'd say something that's probably most unexpected but maybe not so more than that. i've talked about it like i said i like to have i like music that generates emotion in me that's like more of the uh i don't know sad feeling like you know gives you that lump in your chest or whatever so probably the most unexpected thing that people wouldn't expect to find in my playlist uh would be uh go easy by adele right now like i i really enjoyed her album 30 and i've got She's the out. She's the female artist I have the most of her albums of. Um, I've got three of them, so that's probably my unexpected. Because generally, I'm like you know in the rock and roll, alternative, or hip hop genre. That's where I, I list a lot of my stuff, and that's very different from the type of music that Adele is, where it's more vocalist and you know the kind of style she is. So that would be my unexpected pick. Aren't you like? not allowed to like that album because of what it's done to the vinyl industry though <laughs> it's true i mean answer the question <laughs> I, you I, purchased I mean, one of the albums <laughs> i did purchase it not only did i purchase it i bought it off amazon too so i'm a double <laughs> i know i'm gonna get, i'm gonna get uh exiled from the community now um no Am i gonna like, have to cut this know. out <laughs> to keep your, your life safe <laughs> right yeah edit this part out um no uh i honestly you know it, it sucks that she did get some uh preferential treatment and i think they overestimated how much it was gonna sell because i still go to like my local record store i still go to target and you there's just stacks of them still available and it's been out for like what three or four months now when did it come out 
it was a while ago. I would have. The family likes Adele, and I like some Adele, and I would have actually purchased a new album, but it's expensive too. Like Target still, it's Mm -hmm. one of those where it's like forty bucks almost. And I'm like, yeah, it could be. I think the version I bought was forty. It was the. So, yeah, yeah, I, um, I, I can guarantee you that Adele had very little to do with that decision. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, totally. So, so that's because like of her, though. Little Nas X hasn't released his album on vinyl. Oh, no. What a Travis. <laughs> hey, that album's amazing. <laughs> All right. What is your perfect concert lineup? Three to five musicians, bands, or artists, living or dead, any era? Yes. Yeah, so if you All want right, to put Van Halen and Van Hager on here, go right ahead. <laughs> I was thinking of doing like, um, you know, having Jack White, but also the White Stripes, and then maybe the Rock and Tours and uh, Dead Weather. All on the, oh, wow. And just to He's really mix it up. <laughs> and then we'll have the upholsters too. Um, so, anyways, no, uh, my, my three, living or dead. Um, we'll have the opener. Let me see. I'm looking at it right now. Okay. So, this is how awesome this concert is going to be. We're going to open with Rage Against the Machine. That's oh, the opener. Starting it. So I've, I'm a huge Rage Against the Machine fan. They're my top 10 favorite bands ever since I was, you know, old enough to buy it, but hide it from my parents and listen to it, you know, without them knowing. Because once again, I would have been on the, the, the no-no list, you know, the blacklist from my parents. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I love them. Once again, because they were my, because of the nature of their music uh, and the content, I, I was never, I never got to see them live before they broke up because I wasn't an adult yet. And then they broke up and it was like, oh, I'm never going to get to see them live. And then they announced their concert, you know, what is it? Two years ago now they announced their concert and I was like, oh, so excited. I finally get to see them. And I was so amped. And then COVID and postponed. Now it's going to be three years. Hopefully I'll get to see them next year. I still have my ticket. Um, so I've still never seen them live. So they've got to be on the list. Um Next one would be uh, Zarface. We'll have them go on after Rage just to kind of... Uh, Zarface, I, I, I love them. Are you guys familiar with Zarface? Yeah. All right. So Inspector Deck, uh, Esoteric, and uh, DJ7L. Their music, I love their music, uh, but I feel like it would be kind of a, a nice, like, we're going to get high and hot with Rage and then kind of bring it down a little bit with uh, Zarface and, and bring in a little uh, hip-hop and funk. So be Zarface next. Then I would have uh, the Black Keys once again come in, play their hits, get everyone hot and moving again. Uh, I don't think there's anything more I need to say about the Black Keys that we haven't already said today. Uh, and then the next one, the next group would be the Beastie Boys. Uh, this would continue the high. I don't think this would really bring people down. Um, no. The Beastie Boys would then play. Um, Man, I never got to see them, and it sucks that MCA is gone because, I don't know, it just would never be the same without having all three of them there, especially him because I feel like he was, like, the leader uh, of the pack. And anyways, uh, it would be the Beastie Boys because, you know, they're they're iconic. I, I know that's such a generic word to throw out. But then to cap it all off, my coup de gras, the number one band, if I could see um, and whether they're dead or alive or whatever, would be Led Zeppelin. Um, I would give almost anything to, to see them live. Uh, and of course, like I could to an extent because most of the band is still alive, but the fact that Bonham's gone, uh, he was such an enigma and so unique as a drummer that 
it just wouldn't be the same. I think they all had like this, this connection that they could play with each other so well. Um, Cause they, you know, they did it for so long and they, I, I just, I don't know. It wouldn't be the same scene. I'm kind of like, I don't want to see queen with Adam Lambert. It's just not going to, you know, do it for me. You, you miss one piece of it and it just, it's just not the same. I opinion. think the thing the thing with Zeppelin and it's always it always makes me mad is that like I get it like it's it's never the same without John they didn't want to like dishonor John's memory but like you have the one out that the one out the universe gave them the one out his son's a drummer his son's not as I don't know how good Jason is, but I'm sure he's not as good as his dad because his dad's like legendary. But it's like mm-hmm. the one way you can do this, and like no one's upset because it's his son, and it, like and they still they still refuse to do it. And I'm like, come on, just do it. You could print money, like <laughs> just do it. That would be but, that would be tempting. Um, yeah, but that would be that would definitely be my five and. I would, I would be able to die after that. You know, Stairway to Heaven closes it out after like their third encore or whatever. And um, yeah, I guess, <laughs> all right, we're ready to go. Just take, you know. <laughs> I don't know if you'd be jealous or not care, but it was one of the election years before Trump. But I went to a Borders because Tom Morello was playing and he played a few, like mostly his stuff, but he played like mm-hmm. some rage stuff too. And then a lot of it was just him speaking about politics, but. It was cool to just we all sat in like a circle at first and he's like, why are you stand like stand up? And it was a fun little like random like, oh, I'm going to go to Borders and see Tom Morello play Borders. That's, man, that, that's a long time ago. Yeah, it was <laughs> it a was long time. Borders. Ago. <laughs> um, was it when he was doing what is it called? Like the Nightman or something that wasn't that his gimmick? Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. Ah. <laughs> like I love Tom Morello. Um, but yeah, his solo stuff, like it just doesn't, it, it doesn't hit the same at no. all as compared to rage. So we did it. We went through the list. Yeah. Very cool. And I, I want to say, I think you're the only per like people have had really good lineups, but I feel like you put more thought into how the, the flow of the show than most guests do, which is, pr- which is pretty cool. So mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. All right. Let's quickly end this with a weekly roundup. Ooh, weekly roundup. Rewind. What am I doing? What the heck? See, <laughs> we take one, we take one week off, and everything just goes to shit. I'm S- Chris Caraba. I'm sorry. Uh, we'll do better next time. <laughs> but first, I'm gonna play a song not on my weekly rewind. I just want to show you a quick snippet of Death from Above because I think you're gonna like them. Oh, nice. Oh. Did you? Can you hear that? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Let me skip ahead. I've heard this before. So yeah, it's like two people. It's the same kind of setup. It's a little more. Play the hit. Oh, no, play the hit. No. What's your (laughs) definition of the hit? That's the number one song. No, hold on. That's the hit. Is this um? Is this one of your guys' favorite bands? I mean, I we've I, lo- I like them. Times and- yeah. 
They're not okay. one of my favorites, but I like them. So it wouldn't offend you if I said that the lead singer's voice is Annoys you? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> That's fine. No. Yeah, I'm it's not. Funny, okay. though, I just feel like they, they match up with that style of music that you like, but I get I'll, it. I get I'll it. I'll give them okay. a try. Um, well, and the you know the 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 bad thing about when we do the screen share is that sometimes and it was definitely happening when Danny was sharing, um, is the nothing comes in except for the most part except for like the vocals. So like you're not here. Like the best part of that band is definitely the instrumentation, and okay. you're not hearing it as well as you would if you were listening to it. Gotcha. But yeah, no, I'm not. No, I'm not offended. I, I, right. I actually their their newest album wasn't nearly as good as their previous stuff. Like by a long shot so all right so a quick rundown of the songs i thought were awesome this week orvel peck normally not a country guy but orvel peck's awesome portugal the man what me worry sure you dig this already vinyl stooge but jack white's new song fear of the dawn so crunchy and good yeah very crunchy uh a band as it is i mean they've been around i don't know why i say it like that i hate me too Right, so this one was a surprise because I really didn't expect to like it, but Bring Me the Horizon worked with Ed Sheeran and the song Bad Habits. Sounds like a Bring Me the Horizon song with some different vocals. Um, You know, I think TikTok's making it so stuff like that collaborations like that are more popular because you know they have like mashups a lot on tiktok yeah feature <laughs> and some of them oddly like work pretty well um and so maybe that's like kind of maybe well, that's how let's that put ed sheeran with like a, a metal band and see what happens so there's a album that came out i haven't listened to the whole thing but it's a bunch of bands covering yoko ono's music and like a tribute to her but death cat for cutie put out a song called waiting for sunrise for the sunrise Then we got Simple Plan with Derek from Sum 41 on the song Ruin My Life. I used to lie you wanna let you in my head. I never should have let you creep in. Every single word you said, gotta find a way to shake it. You don't wanna let me be. Next, the dead love, Bones. Sweating in my bones. I can't just And then Frank Turner has a new album. The song is called Fatherless. Yep. Those are the songs I jammed out to this weekend. I'm going to start limiting. I'm gonna, we're going to make a new rule. You can only like bring like five songs to there weekly are rewind. Some, there are weeks <laughs> I only find like five songs. Do you uh, anything you're jamming? This week, new stuff. 
No, nothing new this week that jammed. I mean, really, I mean, Jack White, I feel like that, I mean, that song's great. Um, it, it's got a lot of weird echoey sounds to it, too. And I don't know if you watched the vi- the music video. I felt like the music video is kind of lazily done. <laughs> like, they put him in, like, a hallway and just filmed the entire thing. <laughs> oh. Anyways, um, I don't know. I just, for how eclectic Jack White can be, I don't know. I guess I'll just hoping for a little bit a little bit more but uh it's still great i still enjoy it but that would be the only the only one that really stood out to me this week and honestly i feel like i've got a narrow uh kind of niche that i of music i listen to and uh, i and so there's not a whole lot that always grabs my attention did you pick up i don't know if you're even a fan of this one but i know you're a fan of logic but bobby tarantino three dropped on vinyl and i picked it up he just reaches over apparently you did (laughs) You mean this bad boy? It's so good, <laughs> so good. Yeah, his his um, I I have his entire discography on vinyl too. Um, it was a pricey discography to to get. Imagine. Just so you know, um, yeah, I, I I love Logic, and it's still in the shrink wrap. I haven't had a chance to open it or listen to it yet, but yeah, um, my least favorite of the Tarantino um series, uh, but still still very enjoyable. So, yeah, I did. <laughs> that album came out last year, like yeah, but it I just say, got like, April or something or May. So, but it came out Friday on vinyl. That's yeah, thanks to Adele. <laughs> yeah, thanks Adele. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Anything else? No, I think that's it. I think vinyl two just to get to another podcast. <laughs> yeah, um, that, that I was going to say. I appreciate you guys having me on here. I, I always love uh, sharing the good word of the black keys with any and everybody. And you guys are totally down. So I, I really appreciate you having me on. It was good talking. Well, this yeah, is the time we, where you plug yourself. Yeah. Where can people Just, find you? What should they listen to? <laughs> um, you should definitely always listen to the black keys. Um, they've got a bunch of stuff. It spans from old bluesy to kind of pop uh, uh, alternative. But uh if you want to follow me, I am at Vinyl Stooge on TikTok, Instagram. I'm also on Twitter, although I'm not really active on there. But also, uh, Chicken Waffles Forever and I have our own show that we do called Dead Wax, where we talk like music and record collecting and everything. Um, uh, we're really stupid, so if you like stupid stuff, go and uh, go and you know you can watch us on YouTube. We have a podcast form on Spotify and Apple as well, and that's uh, if you want to follow us on our social medias, it's at dead wax show on uh instagram tiktok and twitter again so it's very frustrating to hear what was it the beatles episode where you were naming <laughs> like you he had to guess what song it was or something like, like that he or... had to guess the album based on the tracks. yeah so i was just going through and reading up the tracks to um uh rubber soul and he, after going through every single track on the album, he had no idea. <laughs> like, you did Led Zeppelin the week before or something like that. Maybe. I don't know. There's been a few times that I didn't know right away, yeah. especially or at all. But that one, I was like, how do you not know this is Rubber Soul? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we often joke about that now. We, we always pick on him. Um, yeah, th- there were so many ideas I had for different types of games. Um, and we did a couple of them, but it always just went so bad. That I'm like, you know, let's just do trivia for one artist because that way we can kind of have fun with it, but also have it be somewhat educational. You can learn a little bit about the band. So that's, that's kind of what we've decided to stick with. But either way, we always had a good time. Yeah, they're fun. I've listened to a bunch of them. Not all of them, but a bunch of them. Yeah, I appreciate it. All right. Cool. Well, 
thanks for listening to another episode of Beside Ourselves. It's time to flip the record over. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beside Ourselves. Beside Ourselves is written and recorded by Danny Lowens and Josh Schramm. Beside Ourselves is available on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. If you like the show, please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. You can follow and interact with us on Instagram and Twitter at B underscore SidePod. If you have an album or music topic you want us to cover on a future episode, be sure to slide into those DMs and let us know. The intro music for today's show is by Chris Porter, and the outro music is by Former Critics. <laughs>